0: It's the Stranger Nerds here. We have Season 3, Chapter 4, The Song Test. We have myself, Connor Vannemark with wonderful Tommy Grant and Mitchell Lee for this episode. No, Jersey Nerds Productions. And this was... i Sorry I missed the last episode because things happen to get in the way. And Bro. I am kind of sad I missed that one because oh, both these episodes... Humdingers! Holy... I can see why you guys like this season a lot.
1: Well, with that, I mean, give us your reaction to the last episode since you weren't on the podcast for that. So <sighs> that what was, what did the, you think of that the, one? Uh, Internet, okay. First so.
0: off the, the name of it, the, uh, the case of the missing lifeguard, which definitely into the Nancy drew thing, which I thought was very funny. Um, yep. I, I'll do some quick hits on this. I love max and 11 becoming more of a buddy, buddy kind of pair. Uh, that's, I'm glad to see that's actually mm-hmm. happening. And then, like, uh, I remember is this episode, or the last episode, where Hopper? No, it was yeah, it was this most past episode. L comments about that, which we'll talk about later. Um, then them going, trying to find out the missing missing girl, and then we could go see. Uh, you can easily like to, seeing Billy in a in a polo shirt. I'm like, yeah, something's wrong. Like <laughs> that, he would never wear something like that. Mm-hmm. Like a tucked in polo shirt and jeans. I'm like, that's not right. Uh I love Robin even more. She's amazing. Erica, funny as shit. Great. Like I'm glad she's getting more actually like I think she's a great addition to the group. Steven Dustin being Steven Dustin, yep. wonderful. Keep it going. Yep. Uh I, I, the mm-hmm. the spot with the rush the uh the duffel bag guy going to the doing the uh the yoga thing. The uh, dance. Class I, I figured you'd
1: appreciate that scene. Funny as
0: shit. <laughs> Dustin's like, what? And Steve's like, Alright, alright. Uh, but them figuring out, with, out the code. Robin figured out the code. She is she is cool as shit. And even Dustin's like, yo, Robin, 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 let's go. And Dustin's like, uh, uh-huh. Steve's like, nah. No, but those two, I would, I would, I would ship them.
1: Um so now to carry off for of that, I gotta ask. What was your reaction when Robin figured out the code? Because I wanted to know, because that's why I kept asking you every episode, because I was like, it's such a simple answer when you get it.
0: Once she saw the carrier, the carrier's like, oh, the cat. I'm like, oh, okay. She's like, that was something that picked up. And then she went to the middle of the mall, and once she, then she was looking for the Chinese place, like, oh, oh. Okay, like I see where I like once once she was looking mm-hmm. for the Chinese place, like I saw I would see where this was going, and then when, they, when she went to the clock, I'm like, yeah. Which is, they showed that clock earlier in one of the earlier episodes, like ah, uh-huh. that makes sense. So I was like, I, I was like, oh, in the West. That, that's what i was thing like,
1: like they, they hint at it, and it's like it's such an in your face thing, but you would never guess it. And that's why I kept asking still, you like, it, your your response to their digging to. Your response to digging to China, I was like, oh, he's gonna be so upset when he finds out what's actually happening.
0: No, no, I'm not (laughs) upset with that. Like China, no, I'm as in like I was saying that. (laughs) Oh, they're infiltrating America from the other side of the world. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, Yeah. Then uh, Hopper and Joyce. Uh, Hopper is pissed the fuck off, and dude needs to need to pump his pump his brakes. I'm loving Joyce more and more because she's actually like becoming more of a detective too. She's like figuring shit out. Um, I too bad for Will because of the fact that he's being kind of left behind and like I thought that I liked the scene with Will breaking down at Castle Buyers. To me, I thought that was thank you. Kind of like I, I a,
1: needed you here. I needed you hear last episode i was I was standing on a lone lonely island with that one.
0: I like that because of the fact that it actually show like usually speaking we see like I'm gonna say he's putting on a strong face but like he's trying to let people know that he's not being bothered but like having all his friends he's feeling isolated and with that you no know, he he had that same kind of a, like Dustin had that fear too when he was coming back of him being isolated and everybody's kind of going different paths and no, he still wants to be with his friends, but his friends have the priorities. And I thought it was very, I, I did like that kind of story arc with him. And then what once, yeah. but once he realized like, Oh, he's back. And like I, 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 this, this is now a reoccurring thing and shit's going down. He, I was nice to see him actually get his shit together. I'm like, all right, fuck this shit. I gotta go do my thing. I I, I have to. We have to take care of this. Um, and mm-hmm. good old Nancy Drew. Uh, the freaking fertilizer that was so fucking weird. And what
1: What did you think of the ending? What did you think of the ending with uh, Mrs. Driscoll?
0: Uh, I like her. I like the part with her reaching out to, like you know, I like she was reaching out to the the iron works. I thought it was very fun. Interesting seeing that with like, she, like she needed to go back to the hive. I, I mean like the hive mind group people. Yep. Um, I did not expect her. I did not expect her to become affected. So my theory on that yeah. would be, is that the that actual rat itself infected her. I didn't I that think the rat infected her. That would be my
1: theory as well. Cause, I actually don't know if they ever explain how she got infected. Now that I'm thinking about it, Mitchell, I don't know if no. you can confirm this or not, but I don't think they ever explain how Mrs. Driscoll got infected. The rats would have to be my guess as well at this point.
2: Off we'll the top of my head, I don't have a distinct yeah answer I, for you. I don't,
1: I don't remember them explaining, Sorry. but that's okay. But with that, well, like, do you uh, want to dive into this I do feel bad for Nancy,
0: I do feel about Nancy though, because like she was, like very much like sexism very prevalent for her, and
1: no, oh yeah, her getting shut yeah, down. She, she definitely gets put through the ringer this season.
0: Um, I'm definitely get this one. Know, like it's uh, just her
1: trying to find her place in the world.
0: Yeah. Um. For the rating for this one, though, uh, for the last episode, honestly, like. Hmm. Nine point one, like just as good. Um, I thought I thought the previous episode was better, but like I thought, it was still a very good episode. Um, but and now you, you
1: were just blowing Mitchell away over there. Mitchell can't even sit in the seat.
2: <laughs> again, I'm I, again I'm loving this season, and I can't blame you because it is a fantastic season. But I just don't really think we're at like that part where we're losing our minds just yet. So I'm I'm ecstatic to see just how high the grades will go when we get where we're going. I mean, shit, season
1: four, we're probably not going to drop below a (laughs) 9.8. That was Probably
0: probably helped.
2: (laughs) packed season. It
0: probably helped that I watched both episodes back to back.
2: Yeah, watching two in a row definitely helps.
0: For my for the listeners, uh, I just watched both episodes literally right before this episode, uh, before us recording this. So I am fresh, and I was trying to like do combined episodes. I was going through that, so uh, yeah. But overall, I thought very fun, and I, I, there's a lot there's a lot of little things, and I'm enjoying the little things. And if they keep doing that, I will be a happy man. So. Uh, let's dive in here.
1: All right. So we kind of start this episode off kind of quickly continuing from the end of last episode. So there's not much carry over here. We have 11 and Max kind of talking about Heather and 11 is showing worry about, you know, Heather and her family. Just something's not sitting right with her. And Max keeps trying to. I don't know. Max is in denial or she's just still so new to all of this that she's just kind of oblivious to what's really going on. Denial um, and then we have Mrs. Driscoll. Yeah, that's what I think. But and we see Mrs. Driscoll being basically restrained by the police and paramedics being taken away to the hospital. And like you said, you get that scene where they're driving by the seal mill and she's has her arm right reached out screaming, I have to go back. I have to go back. And we definitely get a more intense version of the hive mind where they're physically being drawn to this location now, whereas before it was kind of, they're just connected. But now it's like you have human bodies basically being dragged back to this steel mill. And we have a creepy scene with Mr. and Mrs. Holloway waking up in the basement where we have Heather kind of giving the same spiel to them that Billy gave to her in the last episode where, Basically telling him, calm down, stay still. This will all be over soon. That kind of thing. Oh, and, and the, dad we being see the, the mind. the
0: dad being the head of the, uh, the newspaper too. It was like, oh, that's to be a fun little thing. Yeah.
1: Uh huh. Yep. It's it's all the plot is slowly all coming together. Shit's slowly happening. But I. Like were you expecting to see the form of the mind flayer kind of come into screen cuz I know up until this point we we had an idea that the mind flayer was here but not confirmed but now we actually see this new goop monster taking the form of the mind flayer.
0: I kind of assumed that. So were you surprised like, to see that? No, I was not. I was uh I kind of assumed that it was going to be the four, because like you can kind of see the outline, kind of the, the step of it. I was like, it kind of looked very similar to what we've seen from the Will's drawings. So like, yeah, I, I kind of, I was not shocked. I was like, okay, oh, it just kind of, kind of confirmed my uh suspicions.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty much the whole starting of the episode where we have Mister. and Mrs. Holloway being consumed by the mind flare, and then we. Quickly shift over to Hopper and Joyce, where we have Hopper waking up to Joyce taking care of him after his big SmackDown from the last episode. Oh, you guys asked, destroy Yeah, Grigori destroys Hopper. Granted, Grigori got him by a surprise. If it was more of a one on one match, Hopper might have stood a slightly higher chance, but.
0: Obviously, no. Yeah,
1: Hopper. Hopper took a beating, and you see the bruises on his back as gregory just laid into his spine and just kept wailing on him. And you can definitely tell Hopper is slightly concussed because he's throwing up when he wakes up, and that's definitely a sign of concussion, from my experience at least. Oh, and um, they kind of have a quick conversation. Yeah.
0: Um. Something. Uh. I'm just gonna mention. I'm, I'll mention at the very end, but uh. I think I know what the thing is because I think this. I think they did tease in episode three. The name of the
1: monster. Okay. I we'll it Later what, on in the episode. Oh, the name of the monster.
0: Yeah, I think we'll. Okay. I'll, I'll talk about it later on in the episode. But I, I kind of. I'm looking through it because like, I was just googling it real quick. And I'm like, what was that name again? Because it kind of it just repopped my mind. Like because I didn't write it down earlier. Yeah.
1: Gotcha. Continue though. Um. <laughs> So uh Hopper and Joyce kind of have a quick conversation about who the hell it was that they just ran into at the lab and why was this person there? You know, was it state government? You know, was it some random person? And Hopper finds out that Joyce managed to take down a partial license plate, which I thought was a pretty funny scene where Joyce just has this little scribbled license plate down. And she's just like, well, this letter could be this, or this number could be that. I'm really not quite sure. It's a, it's basically a partial plate, which nowadays is nearly impossible to run. So I can't even imagine what it would have been like back then. Yeah. um, With a partial plate because there's so many different variants of, you know, letters and numbers that could look alike. And if you get one wrong, you're not getting it. And then she mentions the fact that it wasn't a car, it was a motorcycle and Hopper quickly, just a light bulb goes off in his head and realizes like, this was the same motherfucker that I just bumped into the other day at the mayor's office. So now he's realizing the mayor's involved in this and Hopper and Joyce take like, a little, uh, tri-
0: it was more, it was what? more like a cascade. It was more of like a cascade of like, no. Cause I was like, it's like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what kind of car it like. I can't tell, to figure what car it is. And Joyce is like, it wasn't a car. And that's what, that's when he like slide over. Like, what? Because, like, let's be real. Like, none other. Like, a government vehicle is not going to be not a car. Yeah. And like, that was like the first thing. I was like, yeah, it was a bike. He's like, that fucker. <laughs>
1: like, mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, I, I, I love like this, this, the slow like realization, but like, oh, uh, uh, oh, okay. And then, uh, in and, in and Hopper with the mayor Oh man, that that was. That was something <laughs>
1: that I think that was a little bit of Hopper kind of getting a little bit of vengeance for his Smackdown the night before. And just saying like, I need to get a little bit of my ego back here and really lay it thick on this guy. I
2: got my ass beat. So someone else needs their ass beat as a
1: result. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, I, that's why I think it was in Hopper's head because the mayor was an easy target. The mayor's a douchebag to begin with. So it was easy for him just to quick, you know what, we're going to take this to the next level and uh, get a little physical in this in this little office here. And the second he locks the door, you know exactly what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. But I love the tactic was, of the cigar cutter, though. Oh, yeah, that was
0: <laughs> definitely premeditated. Uh, mm-hmm. overall, but the cigar cutter with the finger was like, yeah, that that no, he definitely pressed the right buttons. To oh, get yeah. The information he needed.
1: So we find and, out, and this,
0: on, also also Joyce being an accomplice of like unplugging oh, yes. the phone, like fuck you, no.
1: Oh no no no! That was the best line. one of the like Joyce had a lot of great lines in this in this episode, but I think this line of she literally looks at the secretary, and goes, "Who are you calling? The police? The police?
2: Yeah." <laughs> like,
1: like oh that was just such a great line. I'm like Joyce Joyce is really coming into her own character this season. I'm I'm loving it. I mean, still by uh,
0: far by. Still, like, my favorite character so far in the show. Like,
1: hands hands down. She definitely is pulling her weight. I mean, the fact that in this situation, she even thought to get the license plate of the bike driving away instead of checking on Hopper right away. Like, she's involved. Like, she knows, like, there's shit that needs to get done before checking on people at this point. Mm -hmm. So she's definitely, she's thinking more, which is good.
0: She's always been, okay. Don't give her uh, that. She's always been thinking. is not she? Has well, been. I mean,
1: like, no, but I'm yeah. saying, like, thinking proactively. Like,
2: <laughs> this has never left been, her mind. No, <laughs> it, it's she's never me, had a moment of peace. No, but it's like, see, this, this,
0: no, because I, I really like Joyce's character, and I don't think she gets enough credit because of the fact that every situation she's been in,
1: but I, I'm she's, saying she's thinking more like. The first season she's been so fixated on Will because the issue is always surrounded by Will. So she's always kind of a tunnel-visioned thinking on Will and all the factors that are hitting on Will. But now she's kind of in a situation where Will's not in trouble anymore. She's kind of her own person trying to help Hopper, you know, solve a crime. And she's actually thinking outside the box and doing things Hopper would do as a cop. So she's actually, like, being a really intelligent I, investigator at this point.
0: I disagree with that. I completely disagree with that because of the fact that we've seen it already in season one, where okay, we didn't even know the upside down it fucking existed at first. She was the one where yeah. she put the lights up for Will to communicate, which was ingenious.
1: But again, but this is what I'm saying. But it was because <laughs> she was trying to find Will. She was purely focused that, on trying to find Will.
2: That's that's still she's still getting that like I'm not I'm gonna trying be honest, to. I don't like, really understand the crux of
1: this argument. <laughs> I, I like I'm not trying to say she's a stupid person. Like I, I'm saying this is in she's growing more, she's becoming more like Hopper
2: in using investigative skills.
1: I'm okay, saying that there, she's there was, no, think, there
2: was no So I think I, I get think the argument here. You're saying my that she's argu- always been like that, whereas Tommy's yes. like she's grown. And I think I'm going to have to agree with Connor on this one. Ah,
1: fuck you. I
2: think right. she, she's Either always way. been that way. She's a she's lot always... less sweaty and stressed than she was yes. in season one. Yes, that'll less agree with you. She's much no more in of mind. She has to do a lot less of it on her own than in season one. But I think well, I'm I with think, Connor I on think, this
1: one. But that's also part of the factor, too, is she has a clear head at this point. She's not under that stress of worrying about her son. She's becoming a little bit more and has the ability to grow and use her skills without being stressed out about Will 24-7. I mean, she's been... I mean, for fuck's sake, Will rode his bike home alone in the rain. Will in season one and two would not have had the opportunity to even leave that house without Joyce being on top of him. Joyce is on her own adventure.
0: I No, I think the biggest difference is that it's easier for Joyce to convince people now than it was in season one because once once is just an incident two is the pattern uh two sorry two is a coincidence and three is a pattern so the second time when people like oh maybe she's having ptsd she was still concerned and guess what she was right that something was wrong with will and the fact that she the fact that now hopper is still pissed at her about no her proving her wrong about the magnets, because that was the whole thing that this started. Because Hopper was not giving her the time of day on the magnets, because mm-hmm. she he was like, yep. "It's over. You know, you're you're grieving." No, and then when Hopper's like, when the you no, know, he was still trying to convince like everything's fine here. And then they started hearing noises, and then the balls rolling. He's like, then Hopper's like, "Shit, she might be right." Like,
2: <laughs>
0: she's always she's always been. And so far in all three seasons she's always been proactive in whatever storyline ever whatever, whatever focus she's on she's been going hard nose at it and i completely respect that and again i know she's from a favorite character but i love how the writers really every time is a different creative way that she figures out or and she's not she's not afraid to ask someone for help either. Yeah. Like, every single season, she's Which like, okay, reach out to very different important. people. Love her. Love her to death. Because oh, she understands
1: rat. the importance of, well, because <laughs> she, she understands the importance of utilizing other people's skill sets to actually help her mm-hmm. do what she has to do. And, we even, like, see her, I mean, help with the map situations. Like, we find out from the mayor that, the Russians basically own the mall and are looking to expand the mall and have been trying to purchase more land to basically expand. And when they go to the mayor's house and are looking at the land deeds, Joyce is the one that puts together like all these different properties are basically around the lab and the mall. So they kind of come up with the idea of like, Oh, let's go check out these properties to see if they're there. And her and Hopper go out and investigate. And we see them just going property to property, just, checking to see if anybody is even there, which we find out nobody is. They're all basically abandoned. But yeah, I mean, Joyce is just really coming to her own this season more so than the previous season, in my opinion. But either or, she's still phenomenal. I'll tell
2: you what. What? And (laughs) it's a shame that Nick is not here to join us for this because this season begins the arc of Nancy that I really enjoy. I think that Nancy in the first two seasons really struggled to find her footing. And I think in season three, we start to get more of reporter Nancy. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's a lot more interesting than dumb teenager Nancy. And,
1: I definitely agree with you on that, and I really liked Nancy in this episode because we have a few interactions that we don't usually get with Nancy, and I think the most important one. I mean, obviously, we start off with her interacting with Mister Holloway, and she know she thinks he is an alcoholic or a drug druggie because he's looking really rough, and he's got the and obviously surprise, surprise, Mister Holloway's still alive, um, and he's got the big bruise from the bottle. Yeah from the night before, but they get fired and kind of gets a wake up call of like, Mr. Holloway tells her like how you didn't check the facts, you know, this is real life. Now you're adults. Things have, you know, consequences to your actions, all these different things. And basically talks down to them the entire time and eventually fires them. And they're on the way home and Jonathan and Nancy have an interesting conversation where, Jonathan, you know, rightfully so is pissed off at the fact that he was concerned about his job the whole time. Nancy basically pushed him along into it because obviously she wants to pursue the story. And they have a conversation about money because Jonathan needs this money basically to go to college and survive. Whereas Jonathan makes the point to Nancy of like, you you have a dad who makes six figures you live in a two story house like money isn't an issue for you and Nancy kind of fights back a little bit too because she's like she's kind of trying to become her own person and not be reliant on her parents and she just wants to be her own person and do her own thing and i thought it was a really good conversation that her and Jonathan have and this was definitely the first a little bit of a you know the lovers quarrel if you will from murray but we definitely see the differences it's between Jonathan and Nancy come more into light in this episode.
2: A lot of times, whenever you have uh, like a younger couple like this and they need to have an argument, it feels very manufactured and it feels like there's not really stakes or there's someone that's overreacting to something. Someone's clearly in the wrong. This yep. is like a real world... like argument that plenty of couples of you know that age have had and mm-hmm. i think that it was very well done and i think that both of them brought up really good points so um, that, i i liked seeing it it wasn't uh you're supposed to take the side of this person versus this person type of argument yeah and to highlight that even more is that
0: at least in my vantage point they're both right like yeah no in a way, you no know, there's things that Nancy's going through that you no know, just John isn't dealing with it because Nancy's dealing with the sexism mm-hmm. no john isn't doesn't john does isn't under flock because of that so he doesn't feel the 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 animosity that Nancy receives at the same time Nancy doesn't realize the pressure that Jonathan's underneath because he's underneath his own rock that based on his financial status and yep. it's a real like if if it's true that Nancy's dad's making six figures and where where they're living, plus in the eighties,
1: yeah, I was gonna like, say, especially in that time time period ooh, too, with inflation, that's,
0: that's real well off. Yeah, and like it, it, it's a situation where they are both right at the same time. No, they don't have really have the emotional maturity yet that they can kind of s- put themselves someone else's shoes in a way. Yeah, and. No, and in a way, Nancy admits that later on when Nancy's having to talk with uh, her mother, and I thought, and I thought that was also a really good scene.
1: It was. Where... This is the first interaction her and her mother have actually had a conversation with since season one, where they had the whole fight about her sleeping out with Steve.
0: Mm-hmm. And I thought that it actually showed vulnerability for Mrs. for Mrs. Wheeler mm-hmm. and kind of like, cause you can see her. Cause we've seen it multiple times already. Yeah. Like definitely more in the show in this season, but like the internal conflict she's been going through, especially dealing with the husband she has. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's, 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 so it's fair. Of them. I know. But like at the same time, like, no, How close was she to cheat on him and go off to go off to see um, Billy? Like it wasn't until that she she saw him and uh, her daughter laying on him. That was like, okay, yeah, maybe this is the right idea. But like certain things build up to that. No, it's not the right choice to make, but it's still a choice that she consciously was trying to
2: was thinking about. It is and... nice to see her have this dialogue versus yeah, the stuff that did she really even have lines in season one? She has Wheeler or Nancy? Mrs. Wheeler. Wheeler. I don't remember her nope. having
1: much. The only the only dialogue she has was when the conversation when Nancy comes home late at night after staying out at Steve's, and then the conversation after Nancy gets interrogated by the police and lies to them. And they have that whole basically fight again about, you know, don't lie to me. I know you were sleeping with Steve, blah, blah, blah. Like that's really the extent to it. There's and no, no... To
0: also don't forget, not not with the kids, but the other I guess the other interaction lunch she had too was when the quote unquote cop showed up of the government. the government showed up and then they were dealing yeah. with them as well.
1: And mm-hmm. actually and we do get a a short scene with her with uh Joyce at one point when she brings her the casserole, but That's true, too. But in terms of Mrs. Wheeler and Nancy, there's very few dialogue moments between the two.
2: I enjoyed having that moment with her and Nancy, because most of the last uh, few episodes with her have just been like, I'm horny. I Mm -hmm. want to fuck something and that's basically been the extent of mrs wheeler's character for about the well, last season i don't
1: even i want to say it's that i mean yes that definitely is a factor attention
2: yes that's... i think
1: it's more of she wants excitement and it's kind of that you know that kind of trope of you know your middle aged, you know you're set in your ways obviously you know mr wheeler is very comfortable with doing absolutely nothing all the time <laughs> and Mrs. Wheeler's just kind of, you know, both the kids are grown up and out of the house. She wants something to keep her entertained other than just sitting at home all day. And she sees Nancy kind of in that vote of, like, she's being repressed by, you know, these obviously asshole sexist men at work. And she doesn't want her daughter feeling that you can just give up and just live the life I'm living. Like she kind of pushes Nancy Blake, stick it to him, go out there and keep fighting. Like don't settle and become what I am.
0: Cause I wouldn't even say that either. Like, because the fact that I think Billy to her is, I guess the best way I would put it at this moment is like a crisis of fate, a fate, a fate that is Um, because the fact that, It was something different, something that was so out of the blue for her that it did, in in know, spark that the drive that she was like even like Tommy mentioned the drive that she was kind of missing, and now we're seeing this conversation, and after the fact when she's like she kind of settled settled herself down a little more, but you can kind of see where in a way, Mrs. Wheeler kinda kind of lives through Nancy in a way where mm-hmm. she wants Nancy to succeed because of the fact that she once doesn't wanna put Nancy in a position she is in. Yeah, And like, can, and Nancy kind of recognizes that too, where they had the joking thing like, oh, like no. The mom's like, yeah, you're a fighter. And then Nancy jokes like, oh yeah, I get it from dad. And they both like, they <laughs> both know like, oh, you're fucking lying, like great line. But like no, but Nancy's like yeah, I get it from you, and Nancy sees that too. Like no, when when things could go goes wrong, no, Mrs. Wheeler just no. I guess when for them growing up, Nancy has looked up to her mom, not her dad, and in a way, and no, Mrs. Wheeler mentions like I'm proud of you, and there's no reason why she shouldn't be, because of the fact that she wants her to be a better version of herself.
1: Yeah. And we, we see Nancy do that, where she kind of she kind of ditches Jonathan at this point and goes solo. And we see her go out to the hospital. And...
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh. I want to mention before you that. Yes. She also, I think there was some actual self-realization here of Nancy, where she actually admits, I wasn't thinking of Jonathan. I was just thinking of what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that was very important for her, because... Honestly, in these first two seasons, like she, she kind of just does in a way what she wants, and just kind of brings anyone else along that is willing to do things with her, but doesn't really think about anyone else. Like yeah. we've seen it already with we we seen it with Barb in the beginning, where yeah. Barbie didn't want to go and it made her uncomfortable. We've seen it already with Steve, and the whole she wouldn't talk to Steve at all. Yep. and he's been getting dragged around, and then we just saw it now with our Jonathan. So yep. the fact that she's actually having some self actualization of, hey, maybe I was being selfish. I was being selfish here, and I was not seeing things through Jonathan's mind. And I feel I do feel bad about that. So I'm hoping to see her grow even more from that. Because if she does, I'll, I'll be more on Nancy's boat. Because first two seasons, mostly it was not like she's murray did help a bit for her but like to find her own kind of like path but yeah it's definitely a uh, we'll see we'll see how she how she develops
1: yeah we we definitely will so took her to the
0: hospital yes
1: yeah so she gets to the hospital to go see mrs driscoll and uh follow up some more on that story and we see her Basically, lying some more to the hospital staff, claimed to be the granddaughter of Mrs. Driscoll. <laughs> hey, for her, yeah, you, know, you got you got to find a way in, and she she did that. And that
2: unconvincing as hell, though. Oh, I you got to get nurse, more
1: confidence I think the nursing that. staff just didn't give a shit. She's just like, yeah. I really don't feel like arguing. Uh, just I, go I, ahead. Yeah, no, you seem like a nice kid.
2: Because like, if there's a ten percent chance that this is true fuck it go back there <laughs> but it, it's
1: it's gonna look bad on nancy though because she goes into the, the room and we just start to see the heart rate for mrs driscoll just go skyrocketing and all of a sudden she just starts screaming uncontrollably and obviously watching the episode you know that ties into the big billy, billy fight scene that we'll definitely be discussing later on but mm-hmm. It looks really bad that Mrs. Driscoll is fine. And as soon as Nancy goes in, all of a sudden this woman is just going absolutely psychotic. And that's kind of the end of Nancy's little story arc in this episode. But what did you think of the connection with uh, with Driscoll? Because that was a little bit of a freaky scene to watch.
0: I'm sure Nancy
1: was probably shitting her pants at that point
0: oh yeah she was and like you could see trying to get trying to get a nurse or something like pressing the a station
1: button yeah
0: um but like I was not shocked that was happening yeah um because I we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit but like we've already seen before when the 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 mind flare was burned on, on the tunnels we will have the same reaction
1: yep And, hell, we'll
0: have the same reaction, too, when he was underneath the freaking heat.
1: Yeah, that is true. But let's let's move on from the emotional conversations of this episode and move on to the fun stuff where we have Dustin, Steve, and Robin, the favorite trio of the show. Still my favorite. And we get basically Dustin spying on the Russians still. Steve is helping them out with it. And they're just trying to figure out how they're going to go into this room. And Steve's like, Oh, I'll just sneak up and knock him out. And I just love the comeback from Dustin where he's like, have you ever (laughs) even won a fight? And, And like, you can tell like Dustin's like, Dustin's like slightly being serious, but also being an asshole at the same time, because like, it's a genuine question, but like, He's like, you're 0 for 2. He's like, and Steven's like, ah, the last one doesn't count. And Dustin, of course, says, like, no, no, no. There was Jonathan the year before. Yeah, He's like, you're, you're 0 for 2, buddy. Yeah, the Steve
2: fact, is like Chris Pine the fact, in the new Star Trek movies where it's like, dude, you just get your ass kicked every single yeah. time you try anything. hmm The thing and is, like, just, the fact... The fact that Dustin knows about him losing against Jonathan, too, is also <laughs> funny. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. It's, it's just great because he just puts him in his place. He's like, you just can't get your ass kicked. Like, this is not what we're going to be doing. But I just, uh, every time, every, every time they have a conversation, I, I just laugh. It's just it's just pure gold every time.
2: And then Dustin is like, yeah, no, I can get in there because I have no bones or whatever the hell he says. <laughs> oh, I, ha- I, mean, I have no uh, no clavicles. <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> sure buddy <laughs> and then steve of course tries to explain the whole disease thing to robin he's like he's missing bones it's fine he just starts just pushing on Dustin. <laughs>
0: he can fit in there it doesn't push my ass <laughs> 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 those two are just such so clowns. i love it so
2: much it's great i'm telling you once steve harrington kind of accepts his role as like the babysitter him as a character just skyrockets because him and I, Dustin I see have such I, great I, chemistry.
0: I, I, and my I, Hawk. I, I see yeah. why you liked Steve so much compared to season one, because like, like I see like, just wait on him. He's a good character. I'm like, all right, no, you know, he's definitely yep. has gotten better, but definitely season three is like, all right, cool. And like, again, yeah, like I'm shipping Robin and him right now. And so it was Dustin for God's sake. So like, yep. I'm like, come on, like, it was like it, the overall Steve Steve I feel like has found himself a lot more. Yes. And I'm glad to see that. He I'm very happy to say like no, like like I can kind of like you know in a, in, a, in a way like no, sometimes as you get older going through different situations you start really accepting accepting like oh who the hell gives a shit? Like I'm just going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And you can see him kind of shed that off already slowly but steadily.
1: With, with the help of Dustin kind of, you know, kicking him in the ass mm-hmm. a little bit. To say, this is what you got to do. Yeah. But we we see a little bit more of Robin being resourceful where she just, you know, takes off. Take the comes tips. back like 10 minutes later with the blueprints for the mall. So, like, it's... I don't even know where she got them, but it's like...
0: Hold oh, on. You, you just get the funny scene, too, of Dustin licking the ice cream. And then the <laughs> ice cream scooper. And then they even wash it off. He just... Freaking Steve takes it and little spin in the holster. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you two? But
1: it, it was just the way he delivered the line, too, is just grace. Like, ah, oh, come on, man. Not the ice cream. Not my scooper. And just <laughs> yeah. this little trick and puts it back in his pocket. Not the scoops. Not the scoops. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's hard to get every line because every line that him and Dustin just have is just, it's just worth noting because it's always funny. But... We covered the uh, Dustin trying to get Steve to shove him through the air duct, which obviously did not work. And Robin has another little brain blast moment of... Because we hear Erica in the background ringing ding, the ding, bell ding, for ding, more ding. ice cream. Just being perfect Erica. And so now we have a little little proposal scene with Dustin, Steve, and Robin trying to convince this young girl, hey, we need you to squeeze through these air ducts all the way through the mall to go into the secret room and let us know what's inside it. Like, no one in their right mind would say yes to that, but not Erica. Erica plays that to her advantage and basically gives them a little explanation about capitalism and says, hey, you need this. I need free ice cream for life, baby. <laughs> And I, I, she'll get it. And I love this with Dustin trying to you know play the Russian card of this is for America, and <laughs> she just comes back with the line of like, you can't spell America without Erica. And Dustin <laughs> doesn't just reaction to that is like, uh, d- yeah, you're right. Technically, the truth. It's great. So then he's just like, all right, we'll do it for America, Erica and she just kind of was like ooh i like the sound of that and so then we quickly shift over to operation child endangerment as erica puts it and I'll, it's I'll that
0: nice i I want, I want to pause because yes. i am enjoying how erica's now really getting more involved in the group yes. yes and the fact that she has like i think it's with her dealing with lucas where she has no shit. So it's like I don't care to who the hell you are. Uh-huh. Like you, like I am gonna weasel my way into whatever I need. Like mm-hmm. in the future, like I'm just saying, as in like as a joke, but like she'd be real good at like a uh, like a war profiteer. Just like I don't give a shit. It's, give me, give me what I want. Let's go. <laughs> like, <I don't>, like,
1: <laughs> Well, but if yeah, we ever flash is, uh, forward far enough, we can see what Erica goes into business. With. <laughs> Erica
2: working for Lockheed Martin. Martin. Oh, that would be fantastic. <laughs>
0: oh my god. Yeah, Erica, and then the, those ducks too were shiny clean. I was like, thank God that yeah. mall was brand new.
1: <laughs> that I mean, yeah. it did open. I think just few months earlier i mean it i think I, I could be wrong but i think this season opened up with the opening of the mall
2: yeah that's it a did. new thing yep. so yeah, so a new I mean, character it, it, as Mitchell put it yeah you are correct sir and it's a very interesting character and it'll get more interesting as we get further along uh, trust me yeah. spoiler uh, alert! but i yeah, mean just
1: really. in a few scenes i mean we get erica manages to get in opens up the door and lets them in and we see them opening up the boxes from Imperial Panda. So Connor, I got to ask as a science person, what, what is supposed to be this green liquid that's inside these little canisters?
0: I see in your notes that possibly nuclear. No,
1: I I didn't. Um, I just didn't know what the hell it could possibly be. Slime. I mean, it could be Nickelodeon slime. This could be the the origin story for Nickelodeon slime cannons
0: so for what I honestly for, it was nothing that I recognize
1: I mean is it just like a right. it's you know a Hollywood show of just like ooh chemicals
0: um kind of but to me that looked kind of more like upside downy in a way okay like, you know you know we, we know the Russians were like dealing with that kind of crap like who knows they found something and bottled it up and like they found another use. Maybe
1: they weaponized the upside down.
0: Like, like the, the, like the one thing that it definitely reminded me of was, um, shit. What was that from again? Get reminded Um, of shit. They there was these, have you ever seen, um, I think it's out in Europe. There's these different types of like electric scooters and they have fuel cells um no can't say I've heard I'm, of that I'm googling it right now I will I will send it to you one of these days but I, I think it's like out in like India or one of the uh like South, South Pacific island kind of nations and they have these things where it's like kind of that sense of situation like you kind of pop it in and it just charges when you can use exchange amount. It, That's what it looked like to me like to me look, I, my first thought was like maybe a fuel cell something like this the power whatever crazy thing's going on. And, okay. um, and the other part too is like, no. Obviously, we know this is a uh, this is an elevator going down to wonderful secret lab of the Russians. So, like to me, like I can definitely see. That's my guess right now is fuel cells. That's uh, that's not all I can think of. Okay. But like I kinda I was kinda expecting that to happen though, them them going down. And you mean
1: the elevator of terror? Mm-hmm. I, I,
0: I, I once they went to that room, like, yep, they're gone. Like, I I knew it immediately. Uh, and honestly, I think that I might be a little early, but it could be a situation where uh Joyce and Hopper might be with the beat with that trio. That's my guess. Because okay. As we know, was it Star StarCorp Star Corp? Uh, uh,
1: Star Court Mall. Star yeah, yeah.
0: And that makes sense. So, just having to know. What they've been buying property. Because um, Joyce makes this make the good comment of, like, hey, they're all buying property by this lake. And the power plant's also right here. So,. You need power to drive all this thing. Like, and this, this all this started four days ago. So the fact that, like, because we assume that the elevator goes goes down. Oh,
1: but it's, it's, it's going burned. down. I mean, it's going down deep with how quickly they were going down.
0: But at the same time, like, you can't just assume there's only one entrance. Like the elevators the elevator is only for supply maintenance there's 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 a way for people to go in and out of it and I, I, that's I think I think that's where Joyce and hopper ends up
1: okay so, so you, th- you think we're gonna have a, a reuniting party underneath sarcourt mall yep okay good prediction um anything else for the uh the trios part of the story Mitchell Connor before we move uh, on to the party party? The, party.
0: the, other, thing, the other thing popped in my head was, like, I was thinking very much Salad Snake of, like, they have to hide in boxes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like, where are they going to hide in this? place? Like, the first thing I thought was, like, when they, when they went in, it's like, where are they going to hide? Like, there isn't much. I was, like, kind of looking the scene. Like, is there anything where they can, like, kind of sneak into? Because I have a feeling something's going to happen. No. They, and, they are splitting bucks
1: at this point. Yep. Oh so all, they, all am, it is is boxes. Yeah, And they aren't big enough boxes to hide in. And whatever's in those boxes, they're going to eventually be opened by whoever's going to be down wherever they're going. So, yeah, I mean, they're pretty much sitting ducks at this point. Unless they can climb up and top, pull that, you know, spy move where they find a hatch and climb on top of the elevator and just hide up there. But That ain't happening.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Uh, to the party.
1: All right. So, we get... Lucas radioing Max. This is a code red over and over and over. And Max obviously was trying to sleep pissed off at Lucas hangs up on the radio. So Mike alternatively calls and wakes them up and tells don't hang up the phone. Like the girls don't realize when they call code red, like they're very, very serious about their code reds.
2: Yeah, it's all or that. that
1: situation. (laughs) No, you better take that shit seriously. Absolutely. I mean, it's code red. You, you can't ignore the code red. It's it's like telling someone not to touch the red button. It's like it's got to happen. Wow, but, or else we're not recording. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's <they're> true. <laughs> and uh, they even mentioned they tried to get in touch with Dustin, who, as we know at this point in time, was on top of the roof of the mall spying on the Russians. So He was just not even around to help out, even if he could. And we basically have a meeting of the minds talking to Will, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And Will finally, finally tells everybody, hey, I've been sensing the mind flare for like the past three episodes now. Uh, I think he might be back. And that was the one thing that always drove me nuts. It's like, this is season three now. This is the third time this shit's happening to you. Don't hold back. Don't say, oh, maybe it's just a little fluke. Like, this has happened multiple times, and now you're finally like, oh, maybe I should tell someone that I'm feeling this again. Like, oh, it's just, it bothers me so much. But he finally tells them, it's like, he mentions the mind flare, and he thinks that part of it, it's still here. And Connor and Nick, this is why I asked the two of you, at the end of season two, when they finally get the little piece Mm -hmm. of that out of will, like, where do you think it went? Because that piece essentially is what is still here in Hawkins somehow still alive. And I think that's essentially the dust monster that forms in that very first episode where we see the dust kind of moving around. Yeah. I believe that's what it's supposed to be, but the mind Mm -hmm. flayer is still at large and we real and they kind of put together like it needs a new host obviously it's billy we all know it's billy but they don't know it's billy and 11 and max kind of look at each other and 11's got the look on like it's fucking billy and then we got to come up with a plan how do we figure out how do we test this little hypothesis of is billy a host and so we just get them all just like scouting out outside the pool with binoculars watching Billy up in the stands, which was kind of funny. But it's just Billy looks miserable, as always. The poor guy has literally covered himself in towels on the lifeguard stand. He just looks ridiculous as, as a former lifeguard. Like no one ever did that. You would just look stupid. Like if you're just covered up in towels on a lifeguard stand. <laughs> Why not? Oh, it's It's not the fashion look you go for, man. But he Especially just, him and all people. Yeah. And even funny, it's like the whole how the host is afraid of heat. The fact that Billy's sitting there playing with his lighter, I thought was kind of funny. He's got a icy in one hand and a lighter in the other. So he's literally got fire and ice, and it kind of is like a little symbolic cinematic, like Billy's still battling the mind flare at this point i think for control but the mind flare is definitely winning winning at this point but we get kind of a little scene of them they put they come up with a plan of basically we're gonna lock billy into this sauna crank up the heat and they mention it goes up to 220 degrees and they're like oh it goes all the way to this we'll definitely figure out by then like I don't think the human body can survive heat that high. Am I wrong in thinking that? Like isn't uh, there a certain like, isn't there like a certain temperature where like, the human body
2: is like if you're at a certain point it's like you can't I'm always bad at you know figuring out what that is cuz there's always somebody that's like oh I lived this temperature this long without food or something i'm like i thought that was not even close to possible so <laughs> don't ask me yeah
0: so as a quick google uh most people before they enjoy their saunas at a temperature between 150 and 175 so Ugh, cranking up another God. cranking up another what 50 degrees yeah less than that is okay. that is pretty uh it's pretty significant i, I guess
1: so. It's... slightly cooking OK, looks you well, I just I don't see the uh, ideal of sitting in that kind of heat. But hey, people love
0: according, it. according according to divine dot com. Uh,
1: I'm afraid what kind of rabbit hole you're going to go down on this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so it, it depends on it depends on humidity. So if you have zero humidity in the sauna, you can go up to two hundred. Um, but there is humidity in there, then it should be like one sixty plus forty percent humidity. That makes sense. So, so zero no humidity in the sauna, then then I guess kind of okay. It's not terrible, but we don't know. Uh, yeah. So because uh, according to uh, this, is, this is a quote on this site. From Harvard Health Publishing, Asano's dry heat, which can get hot as high as 185, uh, has profound effects on the body. So, pretty profound much if you want effects. to do profound. That's, I'm, I'm quoting that, no less. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, I guess it's not, it's not as far-fetched, but who knows.
1: Okay. Well, thank you for for the uh, Google foo slash rabbit hole discussion on saunas. I appreciate it. I've I learned something filling. new today. <laughs> so we we kind of have them digging for supplies at this point of figuring out a way to lock him in, and we get a little moment between Lucas and Will where Lucas tries to apologize for Will for you know ruining the campaign and kind of ditching him at that point. And we just see Will kind of just tell him, like, basically shut the fuck up at this point. He's like, there's more important things to worry about. We don't need to have this discussion now. And then we have Mike and Eleven interacting. And it just goes the complete opposite way where Mike kind of half-asses apologizes if you even want to call it an apology. And he's just like, oh, it was all Hopper's fault. Like, Hopper's just a cranky old man that doesn't like Joy. I just love that line because it was very true for Hopper at that point. But mm-hmm. 11 now being a independent teenage girl basically turns around on Mike who was not expecting that. And she's like, you would like that, wouldn't you? Because I'm a, I'm a different species. I don't think logically. And Mike just puts it together. He's like, wait, were you spying on us? I just, <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that. It's like, it's like, yes, I can. And it's just, like, that funny, like, realization, like, Mike's like, I'm no longer in control of her. Oh, no. No,
0: no, <laughs> no. The, the, the line was Mike going, that's against the rules. And is like, I make my own rules. <laughs> I was like, yes. yes.
1: You go, girl. It was, uh, it was great. Like, Mike just put in his place and just has that realization of, like, I have no influence. Like, she definitely is her own person at this point, like. I, I think Mike is a little afraid now because he realizes, like, his his weight is gone. Like, he's got nothing really connected with Eleven anymore. Eleven's just kind of doing her own thing, which I think she deserves at this point. But
0: I think the other thing either way, way is like, we get
1: – Yeah.
0: I think the other thing, too, was, like, Eleven didn't realize – Like, it wasn't all fault of Mike, but, like, other did didn't realize that she was missing out on other things. Mm-hmm. like hanging out like meeting other girls because she didn't really have like her only act, re- interaction of other girls other than her was her weird side quest out to chicago like mm-hmm. like and, and and even then like they're all what, much older than her so actually having and, someone and who not is, the best
1: role models
0: yeah so actually having having someone who is a peer of her own age is a big significant thing for her. And like, it's definitely opening her eyes up to much more things.
1: Yeah. But so we, we move on to, from the little apologies where they basically get called out and said, Hey, like it's time to get moving. And we get a kind of a creepy, but funny scene where you have Billy showering and he just hears the noises in the locker room. he just, he goes so quick to rage mode where it's just like, pool's closed, and then it hears again, the pool's fucking closed! It's like, he's going in for killing at this point. Like he, he just quickly shifts the violence so fast. And then you hear probably the most annoying voice you could possibly hear. And it's just Mike's voice over the radio. Billy, Billy. I'm like, they would choose Mike's voice, because he has the most obnoxious voice to taunt you. We learned that in the very early part of the season, where Hopper basically wanted to rip him to pieces. And Billy just instantly locks in. He's just like, I'm going in for the kill. And I don't know why he fell for it, though. Like, I don't, again, I don't know if this was the mind flayer's eyes in control or Billy's, but like, it was clearly a dummy. Like, the door was wide open and he still went in and grabbed it by the throat and lifted it up. What was
2: the point of that? <laughs>
1: I didn't get that. Like, did you not realize it's not a real person? Like, what? what's your goal here? Anger. I, I guess. Well, like, he could have just punched it. He could have kicked it. But no, he just chose to fucking throat choke it and hold it up in the air. But we obviously realized it was a trap because they strapped the radio to it. And Eleven has a great moment where she just pops up behind him and just fucking throws him against the wall slams the door shut. And this is where we get a very interesting interaction too, where Max is the one that tells him to crank up the heat. And I thought that was an interesting choice because I thought it would have been either Will. I thought it would have been more fitting for Will to do it because Will had to experience his last season where he was the one who was possessed. I thought that would have been a cool thing to have Will have a moment of like, Now I can kind of fight this thing on my own. But Max is the one that makes the call of crank up the heat. As much as we hate Noah Schnapp as an actor, I still enjoy Will as a character a tiny bit. I just, I wish he, I wish he had that moment where he could have just kind of stood up to this monster a little bit. He's dealt with this for two seasons now. And he's still just kind of just chilling there in the background, not doing anything. But all you, all him. I guess so. But, I mean, 11 takes the brunt of the beating in this fight to come. But Billy has an interesting moment where he's trying to sucker Max into the door. And for a hot second, I think we're meant to think that it is Billy kind of confessing a little bit, even though you can tell it's pretty fake. But there's there's a few lines where I'm like, I don't know if that's actually Billy... Or if it's just the Mind Flayer fucking with them. Just with how it came out. But then you quickly... Will has that moment where he senses It's like, it's in control. And Mike just fucking goes out. He's like, get away from the door. Like, Mike saved her life. Will is just sitting there whispering, it's back, it's back. Mike's the one that saves Max's life at this point. Because she would have probably gotten her fucking face ripped off with how he came out of that window. And... He goes again. Instant rage. Just calling her bitch. You know, waving his arm at her with. I think he had like piece of the uh, the tile in his hand. Or glass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the tile, but either or. I think it was was the tile. You're right about that. Yeah, he he was going for the kill. But man, he fucking rages through that door, and the face off between him and Eleven was pretty fucking intense.
0: (laughs) Before you missed that. Did you forget there. Lucas actually got to hit it with a wrist rock. Oh,
1: yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes. I completely forgot. Got to give
0: shot. him props. He had this for three seasons now, and he finally <laughs> actually got to use it and was effective. Well, This is
1: why you guys are on the show to talk, too. You can pick up the things I forget to say.
0: <laughs> oh, man. That was, I was, was like,
1: that was an I epic gave a little, like, moment.
0: I was like, yes, finally.
1: Good for you. And it was a perfect headshot, too, which was great. That oh, was a funk. Now, what I want to know is is he still carrying around that lucky rock from season one i would love to i would love to him to like made a quick line of like see i told you this was like the winning still rock still got it like that that would been great because like he's a fucking teenager and he still has his little wrist rocket from when he was a kid that's still his go-to weapon which is great but hey over, yeah.
0: over reliable baby
1: yeah but it, it really only took Billy down for a moment. But it was a moment needed for them to kind of regroup. But I was surprised they all stuck around. Yeah, I was like, like I have just dipped. Yeah. Because obviously the Mind Flayer is in full control at this point. They got their confirmation that Billy is the host. They should have gotten the fuck out of Dodge and bolted. But they stuck around. And you get... Billy slash the mind Flitter breaking through the door and him and 11 have a face off where 11 basically puts all of her energy into just smashing him around. And then Billy fucking throat chokes 11 and lifts her up in the air. Like that was intense shit. Mike comes to the rescue. That,
0: even before that, like the, during the fight, like he pushed off the, what? The 135 pound two plates yeah. the bar. Like I was like, Oh, he's going like, berserker
2: mode and it was it was uh-huh. insane yeah like, i was wondering how he would get out of that that was wow well you know
1: that's lightweight that I mean, that's all billy does all day long is he lifts weights at home
0: it was it was kind of a situation with, <laughs> with the host with like, like the mind flare Is like oh yeah this is a good body let's go like i'm gonna tear yeah. shit up with
1: this thing so <laughs> i can actually stand a chance i could do no, shit it, in that it, old kid's body
0: it, it, yeah ain't no child <laughs> <laughs> but ah uh, just Hold on. I, I, now I'm thinking about two um so we knew in the second season that Will had Will was feeling it like knowing its presence but yeah the Mind error chose Will the first time I'm kind of curious it was more of a situation where Will was because Will was it adapted to the upside down that he was chosen by kind of kind of curious. It was kind of reversed is that the mind flare adapted to the regular world. And that's how it was able to possess someone else it's, or use the rest or use the rest as a medium.
1: We've definitely seen drastic differences in the possessions between will and Billy. And there's a lot of factors to consider that they don't really confirm what the factor is that makes it different. But because Will was chosen, I think. I'm trying to think. Because in season one, Will was obviously in the Upside Down. He had the piece of the Mind Flayer inside of him when they get him out because they had the tube against him. Mm-hmm. So but I think that I wonder if it was almost like a tracking beacon at that point. Yeah, where he was, where the Mind Flayer was able to lock onto him in the real world, and that's why he kept. Following Will because he knew Will was infected at some point, whereas Billy was kind of just a probably just a happenstance random because he just happened to be driving by the steel mill,
0: yeah,
1: and get hit. But yeah, it's an interesting question to point out. But definitely Billy is the uh, more opportune person to have, I think, over Will. Oh yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, the fight basically ends with Eleven smashing him through the brick wall.
0: Han, you missed you missed the Mike hitting him overhead with a pipe.
1: Uh, I was about to get to that before. Then let me switch topics. For a second. because holy yeah.
0: shit, he took that one. He took that <laughs> hit,
1: then went through a brick wall, and then before got up all and the ran food away. His life. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll had Eleven not stepped in, I feel like that would have been a Mike death blow yeah. at that point yeah but yeah that, that was an epic scene. It was it was kind of uh, a makeup of the apology scene from earlier of hey, I still love you moment that he didn't really actually get to say to 11. Mm-hmm. and that was his way of kind of stepping in helping out and yeah. 11 obviously reciprocates and saves his life in turn. But then we get Billy running away which I thought was odd because obviously I think he definitely could have taken the fight against 11 because after that, 11 was basically wiped.
2: Build up your strength. But yeah, I, I guess. I feel like 11 was
1: hit. tapped out.
2: He, yeah, he hit took with a freaking damage, pipe
0: too. He would have hit with a pipe <laughs> like and went through a brick wall. Like, those are two
2: things <laughs> I'm like – yeah screw this i'm going home everyone was kind of in agreement i'll get you later you know <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can do this at a different time yeah the rest the rest of the, the, the army's like yo
0: hold hold your horses there yeah hold back
1: <laughs> but i love the you know because connor and i have talked about the how much we love the music in the show and i i just love the little quick song we get as billy's running away with the we'll meet we'll meet again playing it was just so like creepy of a song to have playing but just like it was a great kind of little comical song to throw in there too of like all right rematch is coming yeah in case anybody's concerned or worried like there's a rematch coming
2: tickets on sale (laughs) yeah
1: but then we get the final scene of billy getting patched up and at the steel mill and we get just a view of this massive army that the mind flare has collected and it just brings up the question again is how did all these people get collected because mrs driscoll one we think was by the rat could the rats have really spread the plague across hawkins
0: i don't think that exactly so I'm um, trying to think of
1: like how all these people got picked up.
0: Yeah, maybe. It, yeah, I it might be. Yeah, because because Driscoll is kind of the, I guess the, the indicator that there's other ways you can contract. Yeah, because we saw we saw in episode three where actually how. Actually, how it transmits it from the main host. Or from the main the main body, which is like that kind of weird alien kind of yep. face mask thing, and the um, it could be a situation where the the little the even the little pieces of wrap can still do that. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out with that. Um, yeah, but also could be a situation too because like this is what day four now, and which we don't know what the other three people were doing. No, and. We don't. At this it's, it's also a situation where like the more people you have it's just going to grow exponentially yeah like my mind's like
1: I, I i saw it as like sleeper cells at this point because we know yep, mr Holloway's exactly out at large and billy's out at large but the rest of them are kind of just literally sleeping at this point yeah
0: and then the um my but the, the two thoughts that went through my head was a how much of Hawkins is going to be taken over by this thing?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And B, who's going to die? Because <laughs> like,
1: so do, do you have any predictions of?
0: Yeah, that's what I, I don't know. I, mean, I I feel like I was like, it feels like killing like all the people that we saw in the shot looked like to me that were not recognizable. Um, from the rest of the army that is, other than the the, mm-hmm. the four main ones. Um, so maybe like it could be a situation where it's like, oh, these people all like those who are getting infected die, but we don't, we haven't seen anyone else getting infected other than the Heather's family and Billy himself. So we don't know, mm-hmm. but it also comes to like the both questions come hand in hand with each other. Cause like, if a lot of Hawking gets, gets infected, then. We don't like it, it. It could change the notion of like, oh, I'm not gonna kill the whole town, are they? Like, cause that will be a wild thing to do as a directive kind of style. So we'll just have to wait and see. So, as I alluded to <laughs> earlier, uh I think I know the name of this villain. Okay. Uh I believe it's the Thessal Hydra.
1: And why do you so, say that? Because
0: there was a scene in episode three that kind of, tr- that kind of threw the flag up for me because of the fact that we was going back through flashbacks of them playing D&D together while he's in Castle Byers. Mm-hmm. And then you see them at top of talk they didn't talk about the Mind flare but they talked about the Demogorgon one. And the other one they did mention was the Thessal Hydra. Okay. I was like, huh? Interesting, and then when I saw that that thing come out from the, when that thing came out to to attack, uh, attached to the um, Heather's parents, I was like, that's a good chance it might be it, because okay. it kind of has like kind of weird protruding.
1: But are, aren't we things. supposed to assume that this is the mind flayer again at this point? Because Will said it's him.
0: <laughs> yes, but like also. I don't know. I feel. Like, I feel like from from what how Stranger Things has done things so far, I definitely get Monster of the Week kind of vibes. So, okay. what once like they clearly said Thessal Hydra, and I was yeah. like, that wasn't that was definitely a name drop. Like to me, that that's this is something where it they did they didn't say that name just for shits and giggles. Yeah. They could, they could have said something like a, like a beholder. And which is a creature is infamous, infamous with d that has its own thing. But like I, I will, here, let me share my screen with you so you can see what the image of this thing looks like. So I have it pulled up for you all. Window. This thing. Share. This, this is what it looks like here. Ah. If, so kind of the, uh, those kind of s- snake like looking things kind of remind me of that thing protruding out from it. I was like, it's not it's again, not, it's not a one to one ratio, but like the end of they're kind of, they use analogies a lot. I was like, I have, a, I have a feeling.
1: So. Sounds good. Yeah. So with that, that, uh, that wraps up this episode. So, uh, any other final thoughts before we do uh, ratings?
2: Nah, I loved it. Let's do it.
1: Okay. Well then, Connor, let's let's hear your your rating at this point. Because I have a feeling it's going to be in the high nines.
0: Uh, Nine point three. <laughs> uh,
1: all right.
0: It was, it was again great episode. I am loving this season to to its full extent, and I'm loving all the plot points. It is keep on drumming away, please told you we, you were right
1: me and me and mitchell have been sitting here in agony for the first two seasons like season two is rough to get through because no, we're like season you know,
2: one i was happy but season two is a bit right. rough it, it was rougher than i remembered yeah i didn't was, remember it being that bad but
1: we've been we've been dying to get to season three and yes again this is literally just the first half of the season there's still four more episodes to go oh
0: through. yeah yeah i mean they commented to you at the earlier time I was like what the hell else is this going to happen? There's four more episodes.
1: Uh-huh. It is, it is a jammed-packed season of just nonstop fun.
2: Let's start but the war. With,
1: <laughs> with that, I'm going to give it a just a solid nine. Just because I know what Stranger Things is capable of pumping out. So I'm not going to go much higher than that yet. But... Overall, I mean, you got great action, great mystery. Love the interactions between Dustin, Steve, and Robin, as always. Like, that's just the comical highlight of the show for me. And, yeah, just overall, just love this season, love this episode.
0: Robin is slowly becoming a also top-tier character for right now.
1: Oh, yeah. She's
2: awesome.
1: There is more to come, sir. Don't you worry. Um, All right, so
2: now my it's my Mitchell, turn to speak. My Mitchell prediction, oh, I think,
1: will be a. I am going to go an eight point eight eight. And Connor, do you want to give your Mitchell rating from last episode, or did you already look?
2: No,
0: at the... he, 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 Me and Mitchell we talked about it last time. Okay. Yeah. All right, so we talk about during the uh, the play action podcast we recorded today? Oh, okay. How it's just an eight. Just an <laughs> y'all eight. got so angry with me about hey, that. Yes. That's an that that's an eight point
2: zero
1: zero. No, don't don't yeah, defend him. Don't defend I, him. Okay. Hey, you were the I one just...
2: that wanted it last last time. You <laughs> wanted it. There's
0: nothing wrong with that. Um I am gonna say Mitchell gives it uh I'll be a little conservative in this one. I'm gonna say a eight point six six.
2: Okay. You know, one of my mottos in high school was. I swear, if you see
1: a flat knot, I'm going to punch you through the screen. (laughs) (laughs) Do it.
2: Do it. (laughs) Am I right? Very, 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 very close. To a comical degree, I'm giving this a 9.01. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm still happy I won this round, but still, fuck you. <laughs> 9.01. Man, uh, this, this is my favorite episode since the finale of uh, season one. Yep. I really enjoyed how this thing just got started from the jump and never let up. Uh, I don't know why the average for the... <laughs> I'm looking at the the spreadsheet right now, and the average is stagnant at an 8.29 despite the fact that that everyone's in the nines right now (laughs) it's it's averaging something that's oh it's
0: averaging something that's not correct that's completely
2: wrong it's averaging the ones.
0: it's it's
2: averaging the ones above it i'll fix that in a second but also it's going to be uh the first one unless nick comes out with like an 8.7 or something along those lines it's going to be the first one that we've all had a 9 or higher on since again that season 1 finale. So we're getting yeah. finale type numbers right right now we're at a 9.103. That's really good. So we're yeah. we're chugging along just fine and getting finale level scores in an episode 4. So this is uh we're on the right track. Choo-choo.
0: Well, this has been fun. A little bit of a long episode in this one, but I think deservedly so. Lots to talk about. Lots to talk about, and I'm excited for the war. That's what I'm I'm dubbing this as, is the war, because (laughs) an army versus the small gorilla pockets of what we want to call the the
1: faction of the, the party. I'm just going. Let's call it well, the faction for now. That's my that's my you, term. Do you want me to tell you the title of the finale episode? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: it is a cool, it might be a cool team name now. Now now I'm hyped up for it.
1: No, it's, it's called everyone
2: dies name. and everyone dies. The end. Season four is just a blank screen.
0: <laughs> <I> love it.
2: <laughs> so uh
0: yeah so follow us on our socials on instagram and twitter um no on anything else with that i don't believe so nope well then uh enjoy you and see you guys for next week for or whatever episode i don't you know what the title of the next episode Tommy? five
1: the flayed is the next episode title the flayed uh-huh the chick fil i'm intrigued
0: because i already have thoughts all right enjoy your day see ya